Cut the Crap Yogis, a podcast where we talk about the different facets in the world of yoga and spirituality. What inspires us, what is toxic, and what are the areas unexplored? So hi everyone, welcome to a new episode, this time online with Debbie Batchelor from London. Uh, Debbie is an upbeat yoga teacher who's uh, living and working in London and she's also a, a director at a marketing agency and she's also focusing on well-being as a yoga instructor. Her classes are welcoming and inclusive as she believes yoga should be for everyone which is a very interesting point we will get back to this later. So not to talk too much from my side let's hear what Deborah has to say about herself. Hi, Deborah. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on your podcast. Happy that you're here. Can you tell us a little bit about you, about your uh, yoga classes, about what you do? uh... Yeah, of course. Yeah, so I'm a fairly newly qualified yoga teacher. So it was something I always wanted to do. And I had a lot more spare time in lockdown. So I had some working hours reduced. So I decided to take that as an opportunity to take my yoga teacher training. So that was quite challenging doing that remotely. But yeah, it meant that I made good use of what was a very strange year. So yeah, a newly qualified yoga teacher. I'm teaching online and a little bit person at the moment. And yeah, just excited to be exploring what being a newly qualified teacher means for me and making sure that I can bring as many people into my classes as possible. I've got lots of beginners that I teach that don't know anything about yoga. So it's quite nice trying to create that inclusive environment and bringing people in that might not have ever experienced yoga before. Nice. And uh, so you started teaching yoga recently, but you've been practicing for a while. Yes, yes. I've been practicing maybe like three, three, four years or something like that. I've always had massive interest in yoga I think it just took a while to take that step to actually qualifying and becoming a teacher but I've been absolutely obsessed with yoga I used to do uh, ballet as a child so I always liked all things flexible and strong Um, and then got into yoga I think probably just after maybe university that was something I really got into it's really helped um, with my mental health especially working in a really high-powered and fast moving industry like marketing it's nice to have something that's a bit more mindful and relaxing and focused on well-being to complement that nice nice and uh how did you start experiencing the difference of like between being a yoga student and now being a teacher how i think there's a lot of responsibility how did you live this change i would say think there's there's a lot more responsibility when you move into becoming a teacher and I think that I've been to lots of different styles of classes and it's about finding your voice as a teacher and how what your classes might actually be like so I've been to so many classes throughout the years people that take really you know different routes into how they might teach you and then when you come to being that teacher yourself how do you pick what you're going to share with your students what's your style going to be are you going to focus on a 
anatomy are you going to be more focused on the spiritual side of things like what are you going to bring to the table that excites your students and also what feels natural for you to talk about so I found it was really interesting that you know whilst I've been practicing yoga for many many years and I thought I knew what it would be like to be a teacher it's still quite daunting that minute you you step up on the mat in front of people and you actually have to speak and you're the one guiding people through a class and you're holding that space for them that's quite a big change. So yeah, I had to work on finding who I was as a teacher, what my style would be. And that was quite, yeah, a very long journey to go on. Nice. Um, the reason I asked you actually, how did you feel the difference? Because um, yeah, like, I mean, as yoga students, we all go to the studio, we practice with a certain teacher. We might like this teacher, we might not and then we go home afterwards and that's it but as a yoga teacher there's a lot of uh, responsibility in my opinion and i talk about this being a yoga teacher as well because you always also have to not only uh, get people to practice on the mat there's uh, also some responsibility in terms of the well-being of the students also how to talk to the students the wording how to introduce yoga to students and make them like it or not and um, we talked about this topic previously with one guest. Her name is Rihanna Siles, and we we discussed the topic of spirituality and how spirituality plays a major role in um, making some people like yoga or not. But how was it for you becoming a yoga teacher, and how, like, what tools? So uh, maybe uh, to make this easier, what I'm trying to say that a lot of people who become yoga teachers, they try to use spirituality as a, as a, like, let's say, as a, in their propaganda to, to, to start acquiring more students. How was it for yeah. you? Yeah, so that was something I really struggled with. So I would say, personally, myself, not being a very spiritual or religious person, I think, yeah, going so far as to say that um, if I'm ticking boxes, I would tick an atheist box. It's not, um, that's just my personal belief. I think I found that quite difficult uh, translating that into teaching yoga. A lot of the stuff I learned on the yoga teacher training involved spirituality and considering that concept. I was really fortunate that my teacher training was really open and really inclusive and didn't say you have to believe in this or you don't have to believe in this it was very open so I wanted to make sure I kept that when I went into teaching I think it's definitely difficult when some people do look for that in the class but I'd like to think that leaving it open and if someone would like to come with a belief to my class they'd still find lots of things to engage with but I wouldn't want to speak about that myself I think it would just feel inauthentic so for me it's about who am I as a teacher and not trying to separate that too much from who I am as an actual person so I would never want to go teach a class and talk about something that I didn't understand because that wasn't a belief I had that would to me would be quite disrespectful so it's about what's your actual personality who are you as a person and then that should inform who you become as a yoga teacher so you're completely right lots of people might use spirituality and as a way to draw people into their classes and they would talk about that I would find that really difficult and there'd be a lot of tension there I don't think that that is 
a good way to teach if you believe in these things fantastic you can really tap into that and I'm sure that would give you a brilliant USP for teaching but for me myself it was really important not to lose myself in becoming what I thought a yoga teacher had to be you know I didn't have to be all these things just because I saw other people talking about spirituality if that didn't sit right with me I should still stay true to who I am and let that become who I am as a yoga teacher it's really interesting um I am like active on social media since I would say four or five years and I've been seeing this kind of trend coming and going and the latest trend I've been noticing is um this over excessive spirituality also in relation to astronomy and then it's like every one like one out of two yoga teachers is posting uh always like posts about uh, uh, astrology and spirituality um and i was actually wondering what's your take on this is this is this like just a trend or is this like the new yoga i would say like you have to be yoga or you could only be yoga teacher if you believe in astronomy and the moon is in venus and the moon i don't know what or or like is it what what do you think it is it's just like a wave is it a trend is it something here to say what's your take on this i'm really interested in knowing this because i myself i'm not into astrology at all and i find it really weird when some people ask me online like uh, yoga teachers and yogis when they ask me online oh like you don't really know now the moon phase is in taurus or i don't know what and i like have no clue about this yeah definitely i think there's there's a bit of gatekeeping going on i think in the yoga community people um thinking that if you're a yoga teacher and you you don't know about these things and you don't subscribe to these things that you're not a good enough teacher that you're not authentic and I think that's yeah that's basically gatekeeping I feel like you should be able to be a yoga teacher and it's it's about a lot more than that and it shouldn't be uh, you shouldn't be not able to be a teacher if you don't believe in those things that that for me would be very sad that would stop a lot of people from becoming yoga teachers and also put off a lot of people that don't go to class for those reasons I definitely see a lot of that as well on my social media like you were saying things about astrology and I would like to think that people posting about that really do believe in that and they are being real and they are being you know just sharing a nice part of their beliefs and personality but it definitely has increased and I, I do feel especially on social media that people might be posting about things just because they feel that it might gain them followers and might be something that they think they have mm -hmm. to be talking about but for me I think that you know lots of yoga philosophy is still really accessible even if you're not um, you know believing in where the moon might be or any kind of spirituality I think that it doesn't mean that you don't subscribe to you know the, the eight limbs of yoga they're still really accessible even if you come from an agnostic or atheist perspective i feel that there's a lot of focus on sharing things on social media that make you seem like a certain kind of teacher and yeah i just i find that really sad i feel like we should get back to um just doing still being moral i think you can still be you know religion is nothing to do with being moral just because you don't believe in 
a certain concept doesn't mean you're not a moral person. I think we can still get to that. And yeah, I think people should be just maybe mindful with what they're posting online, just checking that it is something that feels real to them and they're not just using it to gain reach and gain followers and likes. Yeah, I think I, I, I agree with you. I think most of it's just uh, trying to expand their, um, the circle of uh, followers by always posting about new things. And I wonder if everyone who posts about these things do really believe in it. Um, and because you told me at the beginning that your yoga classes are inclusive, what are you doing to make them inclusive? Like how do how do you, how would you describe the relationship between you and your students? Why do people want to practice with you? And um, how do people uh, perceive spirituality in in Debbie's classes? Yeah, so I feel so the first point, how do I make my classes inclusive? So I think on a really practical level, giving options for different abilities. So because I teach online, Lots of people come that haven't ever done a yoga class before because they think, do you know what? This is a lot less than going to a studio. So I get lots of lots of people that say to me, this is my first time doing this. I really don't know what I'm doing. Maybe even injuries. And for me, it's really important that I have a dialogue with them. Lots of them are people that I am friendly with. So, you know, outside of teaching yoga, so I know what their abilities are. And I spend a lot of time prepping my classes to ensure that I would always give an option for someone. I think especially when we're teaching online at the moment when you can't see everyone. And I think those people that will turn their cameras off are people that probably are maybe a bit nervous about their abilities, don't want everyone to see them. So I assume that if someone was to turn their camera off, maybe they're exactly the kind of person who would need an option and they need to have the class modified in a certain way. So that's a really practical way that I would bring make the classes inclusive. I think in a more spiritual way I feel that you know I've, I've a lot of people come to my classes I've known if they're into spirituality or not personally I would not be bringing that aspect to my classes in a really uh, you know obvious way I probably wouldn't be mentioning chakras to be honest that I, I personally wouldn't be talking about that that would just not sit right with me but on the other hand you know I would still be asking people to you know dedicate their class to someone to think about someone they love and if that is god if they're thinking about you know a religious concept fantastic that's going to work for you but i think it's about me not putting those words in someone's mouth i wouldn't say you need to think about a higher power i would just ask someone to you know dedicate their class to someone set an intention and if their intention is a wonderful you know spiritual or religious intention that's completely up to them and they're able to set that intention at the beginning of the class if their intention is just remember to breathe drink some water don't take yoga too seriously mm. great then you can have that too and I think that's why it's fantastic that I feel that I feel that my classes do let lots of people come I feel that you could go to that class and you could probably come out of that going oh yeah I had a really like you know, that class to me was quite spiritual because I picked a spiritual intention. I thought about that while I was practicing and then someone else might leave and think, actually, you know, I dedicated my class to my mum and I was thinking about them and now I'm going to message them and, you know, share 
the love in that way that's completely open to you and that that's the kind of class I would like to go to myself so that's what I try and create when I teach people that's interesting because here I would pose the question the following question is what do you think then is spiritual I mean let's let's agree that that the asanas form the 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 physical uh, aspect of yoga yeah and then some people just stick to this and some people try to take it a little bit further so what is spiritual how would you define spirituality because when people ask me about spirituality if i'm spiritual or not or uh, whether i'm i i i I talk about spirituality in my classes or in my teachings. I always say that to me, spirituality is about awareness, is about mind control, is about cultivating this awareness and, and, and mindfulness. But yeah, um, unfortunately, not everyone is able to, to cope with this idea because a lot of people are always... Um, like they think spirituality is believing in some supernatural metaphysical powers. So what's spirituality for you then? Yeah, I think I'm inclined to agree, agree with you. I feel that you can get lots from, you know, from the term spirituality without it having to be talking about another, another being, another concept. I feel that you can still think about that in terms of, being mindfulness, uh, you know, using mindfulness and, you know, maybe even the act of maybe journaling or thinking about the yamas and the niyamas. I feel like there's lots of things you can think about to, you know, that don't involve a higher power. I think that you can still, you know, think about morality, what's good and what's bad, how you're, um, being kind to other people the kind of way you should live your life you know I think that's still that's very for me that's still very accessible without having to bring in any kind of religion I think that you know taking time to notice how your mind feels especially at the moment when everything feels you know quite quite difficult and lots of people have lots of challenges working from home mental health I feel that you know just maybe going on a walk in the morning could be quite spiritual in some ways I think it's just tapping into who you are the essence of you as a person your mood how you're feeling you know I think for me there are lots of really simple ways that I can access that without having to actually involve any form of, of religion you know personally I might do things like going on mindful walks I'm a big fan of headspace meditating as well you know it doesn't have to be you know spiritual with a capital s that could be sitting down taking time to clear your mind being able to sit with a clear mind that takes a lot of control you know that's that's a difficult thing meditating is hard like that that's a discipline that's a real strong discipline that you've been able to sit there clear your mind of any interrupting thoughts and find some peace i think there are still lots of ways that you can think about who you are as a person and what 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 why are you here what's your meaning it doesn't have to be you know religion it could be so many different things and it's nice to think about those but yeah I, I do agree that lots of people think it has to be tied to religion and I completely disagree I feel like you can have a real spiritual moment 
having a walk around Hampstead Heath I can have those that's fine <laughs> it's not religious but it's definitely it's definitely more than just you know just it's more than just living isn't it it's more than just eating and, and sleeping you can still have a real moment where you're connecting to yourself and your truth and who you are as a person and that that can be really separated from any other being um that's really really interesting what you're saying um one part i think that's being so neglected about what is yoga is what you mentioned uh, which i found really interesting the namas and the niyamas and um would you like to uh, elaborate a little bit more about this topic that so that people really know what are the namas and the niyamas because when i talk about yoga with any person who doesn't do yoga the first uh, answer i get from people is you must be flexible enough or uh, you're too strong and you could do these headstands or whatever but there there are many sides that are being neglected um which is uh, i would say the mindful part the mindfulness part and the ethics of yoga Would you like to yeah. um, elaborate more uh, a little bit about the namas and the niyamas? Yeah, of course. So, I mean, I found this a really nice way into to learning about yoga philosophy because, as I said, I found I found chakras really hard. I couldn't I couldn't get there with 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 chakras. It didn't didn't work for me. So, but I did really enjoy thinking about um, yeah the yamas and the niyamas. So, obviously, there are sets of, of rules. I mean, that sounds a bit harsh that the guidelines, a code of conduct, if you will, of how to, you know, live your life, some guidance that's, that's really nice to think about as a yogi and especially as a yoga teacher. So maybe you've got a concept like uh, Himsa, so nonviolence, you know, that that's super easy to understand. You could be thinking about that in terms of, you know, that, that could relate to a religious teaching, but also nonviolence is really simple like you know don't hurt people all living things are entitled to be you know treated with kindness and personally in my life that's led to me not eating meat so not wanting to uh, you know eat an animal that's how I would feel that I would practice that but you know perhaps when I'm teaching a class I could introduce that concept of, of non-violence and someone might take that to mean you know not not overstretching themselves with work, finding time to, to rest and giving yourself permission to rest. So I feel that these, these moral guidelines that are set out in the yamas and the niyamas are, are really nice for people to take in their own personal ways. So yeah, you've got non-violence, you have uh, satya, truthfulness, asteya, non-stealing, like they're all fairly easy concepts that you can either translate to really lofty meanings like truthfulness what is truth you know why are we here who who am i or maybe you know truthfulness could be being honest with yourself uh i need to i need to do this i need to change something i need to I need to be honest with with someone you know it doesn't have to be a really lofty meaning it could be something really practical and that's why i really love talking about these concepts and these, these guidelines that are the yamas and the niyamas because I think that it was a really nice way into yoga philosophy for me. I felt like I could connect with lots of them. I could bring lots of them into my life and I could talk to other people about them and they wouldn't be 
put off so you can kind of flex it to who you're talking to so I don't know if you're talking about uh, like non-stealing I don't know that could be again very literal don't steal things from people but maybe it's about uh, when you're talking to someone letting them have space to talk so you're not stealing their voice you know something like that so I think that there's there's amazing ways to understand them and interpret them and I find myself coming back to these concepts you know quite often and I'll be writing about them and I'll suddenly have a different idea about what one of them means to me and every day I can think of a different way of bringing that into my life and I've really enjoyed that I feel like I've really connected with that part of the yoga philosophy in a nice way. Okay so um, I think for for our listeners maybe I would like try to draw a conclusion of this what uh, we just talked about and you could agree or also not maybe you can modify so yoga is not a religion it's a practice and it's of course for believers and non-believers and i think the namas and the niyamas which are the ethical codes of yoga are also not some sort of uh, of um, um dogma they are more uh, of 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 an ethical code you live with and even if you're an atheist or an agnostic it's it's fine to practice mindfulness without uh without having to to be like in a certain religion christianity or whatever it is um yeah, that's really interesting. And I think this is what a lot of people are failing to miss because, yeah, um, I think also these hard times somehow made us uh, a little bit more uh, or like forced us a little bit more to go inside and to look into ourselves. And um, of course, in hard times, we are all looking for some guidance from the outside. And uh, I think that yoga could play a major role here, right? Don't you think? Like not only practicing, but also um, reading more about the philosophy and understanding more, even if you're not a believer, even if, I mean, it's at the end, it's a philosophy. You don't really have to believe in Lord Shiva and to sing a certain mantra in order to, to have good luck for today it's enough to just sit in meditation for four or five minutes and uh and set a goal for your day right or yeah i completely agree yeah definitely i feel that i've noticed so many more people needing yoga at the moment i feel like this has been you know a, a huge year for people needing that in their lives for whatever reason you know if you're struggling because of the pandemic even just working from home people need to move a lot more I think that it's nice that it's been there for so many people and I feel that you can absolutely read and enjoy yoga philosophy whether you subscribe to all of it some of it none of it that's it's not about that reading it is still respectful so that you you feel like you've you're you know you've you've done the due diligence of, of actually seeing where yoga came from that's nice to do you know, what you take away from it can be completely up to you. I feel that you could go to a yoga class and have a really transcendent moment, or you could go there and actually you're thinking about 
your alignment and that's quite nice for you as well I think that there's so many ways that it can be beneficial to people and I would never ever want to shut the door on someone or have them feel like they couldn't participate in one of my classes because you know of how I was talking about a concept so yeah it's really important to me that people feel that anyone can connect with yoga no matter what you believe and I think that that's really important now more than ever because people need yoga more now more than ever that's really nice um yeah thank you for this nice talk um thanks for having I me hope people yeah sure it's a pleasure uh, i sure i i hope that people are able to uh yeah uh to see what is the term inclusion in yoga means because yeah, a lot of people are a bit afraid of the term yoga and spirituality and that it's inclusive to everyone from any different uh, background um yeah these are all the questions from my end um Amazing. is there anything else you'd like to add i think just if you're thinking about taking yoga and you've you know you're, you're worried that it might be something that isn't right for you i feel just just move around until you find a teacher that you connect with because yeah, I've, I've been to lots of different teachers. Some of them have really spoke to me. Some of them I haven't enjoyed. So if you're starting out on your yoga journey and you've come across a teacher that doesn't work for you, I'd say don't give up. Find a teacher that, that you do connect with and there, there is a teacher out there for, for everyone. I'm sure. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, stay safe. Thanks. And <laughs> talk to you soon. Cool. Thank you very much. Thanks. Enjoy. Bye. Bye.